You're listening to the Fairfax Bible Church Discipleship Podcast, where we aim to help our church think biblically and grow as disciples who love Christ and live sent for His glory. For more information about our church, visit www.fairfaxbible.org or follow us on social media. Well, hi there, everyone. Welcome. This is the Fairfax Bible Church Discipleship Podcast. I'm here with my dear friend, Hannah Schmiersneider. Hannah used to be in my small group. She's in the Eckenhoff small group now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I invited Hannah to be on this podcast with me because I know that we are talking about something that is near and dear to your heart. And that is reading your Bible every day. Yeah. We talk about this a ton. Uh, I feel like Jeff talks about it. When I speak, I talk about it. Uh, but I feel like we do run the risk of like beating this thing to death. But a reason we talk about it so much is because it's really important. Mm-hmm. It is one of the ways that God bears fruit in our life, in our, in our discipleship. Uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm excited that you're yeah. here to talk about this yeah. with me. Yeah, I'm so. really excited to be here. Awesome. So uh, we want to talk about, uh, we'll open some, some, some scripture here in a second to talk about this. I mean, if we're going to talk about the Bible, we should probably read the Bible. I agree. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Uh, but some of the questions we want to talk about today, and I know you know this already, Hannah, but just so the people know this, um, Matt, I know you talk about this all the time, but what do you actually want me to do? What does this look like in my day-to-day life? Uh, how do I get started? I've never tried this before. That actually seems weird. I mean, every day, really? You want me to read the Bible every day? Yes, we want you to read the Bible every day. We're going to tell you more about that. Uh, what's the real value? Why is once a week not good enough? What if I read a lot on like Sunday? Do I really have to do it the other days? Or even, there's probably a few of you, I've tried, Matt, really. I listen to you when you do this, and I can't do it. I just, I can't find the time. I can't, it doesn't mean anything. I just get lost. It's very confusing. I don't know what to do. Hannah, do you think we can help the people with this? I hope so. Awesome. All right, well, let's use a little bit of an anchor text, and then we'll get into it a little bit more. So Psalm 1, I know you know this verse well. In fact, you've written a limerick based on this song. I did. I did. Yeah. It was a homework assignment from you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll save that for like the bonus edition. <laughs> Hannah can read her limerick based on Psalm 1. But let's read this day. Well, at least the first part of the, the first half of this. Um, so blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither in all that he does he prospers the wicked are not so but are like chaff that the wind drives away yeah so this idea we get from psalm 1 is the the man or woman who really gets into god's word that meditates on it every day he is like this tree planted by a stream of water what what do you think of when i mention a plant uh, planted by streams of water tree streams of water you're also a, a plant person, too. You're an accomplished um, gardener. So. Yes, newly. I'm a new plant person. Yeah. Yeah. So this metaphor is going to, you can make this come to life. Oh, I hope so. Well, yeah, plants are rooted and they are nourished by water. So if you're planted by a stream, um, you have, streams are life-giving. So I think that's a, a good image of how we're to be deeply rooted in God's word and um, that is life-giving and will bear fruit. Yeah. 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 All right. So how, what's, what's your origin story on this? You didn't always, you didn't come out of the womb or maybe even graduate high school reading your Bible every no. day. How'd you get started? Well, my Bible reading habit really started probably about two and a half years ago. Um, before that time, I really didn't pick up my Bible, even outside of Sunday service or 
during uh, outside of small group if I was going during the time. Um, I had seasons where I would try to build a habit and I would kind of run out of steam after a couple weeks or a month um, because whenever I read, I just didn't enjoy it or I didn't feel a certain way. I didn't feel closer to the Lord when I read it. And so I would just kind of give up. And I didn't have a desire to read the Bible, but I really wanted to have the desire to read the Bible. Um, and I knew that I should. And so I prayed for a really long time for a desire to read God's word. Um, I thought that I needed to get my heart in the right place before I would really be able to build a habit. Um, but the Lord didn't answer that prayer request, <laughs> at least in the way that I expected. Um, uh, the Lord revealed to me that I didn't need to wait for a spark of desire to choose to be faithful to his word every day. And that faithfulness isn't a feeling, it's a choice and an action. Um, and I resolved in the strength that God supplies to, to build a habit and woke up an hour earlier every day. Um, and by the grace of God, have done that for the past two and a half years, mm. almost every day. Yeah. So we're going to get into this a little bit later, but you use a plan. I do. And you go through the whole Bible all the way through, right? Yes. Okay. So we'll, yeah, so we'll get back to that in a second. Uh, my own story is not dissimilar. Um, you know, I went to church growing up, high school, college, even after college, I would have probably read my Bible every day, but very haphazard, um, you know, you just kind of let it fall open to a page. I did develop pretty early on an affinity for the Psalms, but I like the Psalms that are happy. Mm -hmm. You know, the Psalms that are like, the water is up to my neck, I'm drowning. I'd be like, I don't want to read that one today. So I'd flip over to like the happy looking one. Um, but in the year 2000, actually, uh, the year that I was about to get married, we, my wife, Chris, my then fiance, wife, mm -hmm. she's now my wife, 20 years. Uh, we were, the church we were in, our pastor challenged the whole congregation to read the whole Bible in a year. And they had actually bought the one-year Bible, the physical copy of it. And they had them out in the lobby. You could grab one. I was very proud of my Bible, so I did not want to use this paperback, cheap copy of the Bible. But a friend of mine happened to have the same plan on a spreadsheet, and he shared that with me. I was like, okay, great. So January 1st, started right there in Genesis 1. Now, that plan is a little different than the one I use now. We can explain all that here in a bit. In a bit. But in that plan, you do an Old Testament reading, a New Testament reading, Psalms and Proverbs. So I was like, okay, great. And I really did. After like a few weeks, I was like, it felt weird not to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, but I just told myself, and Christy was doing it with me too, actually. So we were just doing this and we check in with each other. It's like, oh, did you do it today? Oh, I forgot this morning, but I'll get it over my lunchtime. So that, that really helped build the rhythm of it. And I realized actually after we got married and we were on our honeymoon, I remember talking to her about this. So I was like, boy, I already see the fruit that this is bearing in my life now. Can you imagine doing this for like 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? That's what I'm going to do. I had no idea what I was getting myself into by sort of making this little pledge at the time. But I just thought if this is a habit for a lifetime, it's, and I know I can do it at this point, mm -hmm. what happens if I just keep going with this? And praise the Lord, he's born a lot of fruit in that for me, which I'll share in a minute. But I want to hear from you. What's been the fruit for you? Well, um, I think that's almost hard to put into words. I think um, if you're not in the word of God every day, you don't understand God's character fully. You mm -hmm. don't understand his um, work in creation and his plans and purposes for redemption. And um, you really just can't appreciate salvation and um, God's promise for restoration um, or really even know how you're supposed to live 
um, mm -hmm. in Christ. So I think um, may maybe we can talk more about this too, but Bible reading is a keystone habit. Oh, do meaning, share. Yeah, no, yeah, go all the way. Let me hear this. <laughs> meaning that it's a habit that tends to lead to the development of other habits. Okay. So uh, if you build a Bible reading habit, you're more likely to also build a prayer habit or, um, you know, serve or discipline others or share your faith more often. Um, and so those are a lot of fruit that I've seen from my Bible reading habit. Um, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about this uh, on, on stage before, but, uh, you know, there's a, a couple groups that one of the more popular ones is Lifeway Research. Mm -hmm. um, so they do, uh, maybe not every year, but periodically they do a big discipleship survey. And they they have a certain set of outputs that they're looking for, church attendance, sharing your faith, uh, giving, things like that. And they measure those against the input. So what mm -hmm. are the habits that most consistently produce these outputs that we would say is good discipleship? And number one, all the time, number one is reading your Bible every day mm -hmm. so not and not just like reading like a verse or two but like yeah like reading a couple chapters and not just once a week not going to church not it's reading your bible every day mm -hmm. it's just it, time after time it proves its value so yeah, yeah and, and you know not dissimilar for me i've definitely found that it, it has been that keystone habit um such that and we, we've shared this like it feels weird not to do it for me now right. like it's just so embedded in my routine mm -hmm. that uh when i don't get that. I'm like, I get a little shaky. So sometimes uh, my kids will, if they have to be somewhere early in the morning, I'm like, okay, what, what time are we leaving? Okay. And I got to like back up my alarm clock so I can get, cause I just know I'm going to be a mess if I don't get this in. So now, so we we're maybe going to save this a little bit later, but you refer to this idea of a keystone habit. Mm -hmm. I know you have a lot of thoughts in terms of cultivating habits. Explain to the people like what we mean by that. Yeah. Well, I found it to be very helpful to study how habits work and, um, you know, the science behind habits and why we make habits. Um, so just to give a definition of what a habit is, it's a behavior that starts as a choice, but then it becomes a nearly unconscious pattern or rhythm in your life. So if you don't have a habit, um, you need to use willpower and anything that requires effort requires willpower to do. So um, building habits requires willpower, but once you get past a certain point, it becomes unconscious. And so this is the point where it feels weird when you don't do it because yeah. it's unconscious. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there is something called a habit loop. Um, you're familiar with that. I am familiar loop. with this. Yes. Yeah. So there are three parts to the habit loop. There's a cue, a routine, and a reward. So a cue is like a trigger, which is usually um, a certain place or a certain time of day or a certain action um, that, you know, the, the habit would follow um, or maybe an emotion or even being around certain people triggers a certain habit. The routine is the actual habit or routine that you're trying to build. And the reward is, you know, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. I think it can be really helpful. Um, you want to make a really... Uh, simple cue and a very clear reward, okay. and that will um, sandwich the routine that you're trying to build. Okay. Uh, so let's walk through this. Yeah. Uh, so my cue is uh, after I get out of bed, I shower, I shave, I go downstairs, I make a pot of coffee. Mm -hmm. And so while the coffee's brewing, I get my little uh, seating area set up. So my Bible's there, uh, the devotion that I use, the um, my little prayer journal. 
I pour the coffee, I sit down, I open my Bible. Mm -hmm. I think my cue and reward thing may be like a little messed up because I also get the caffeine hit. So that may be cheating a little bit, but the cue is making coffee uh, and okay. then sitting in my chair. What about you? Okay, uh, mine involves coffee, but I use coffee as a reward. Oh. Yeah. So at least in the beginning. Now, you know, I would say that my Bible reading itself has become a reward because I've, you know, learned to desire and delight in God's word. But in the beginning, when you're building a habit, I think it's really useful to build kind of an artificial reward, which for me was coffee. Um, I love coffee. You are very serious about <laughs> coffee. <laughs> I'm pretty serious about coffee. Hannah is super <laughs> yes, serious about coffee. I am. Um, but towards the beginning, I, you know, kind of upped my coffee equipment and like started buying nicer coffee beans. And for me, it was like, okay, I'll wake up an hour earlier, but I get this nice coffee. You know, so that was the reward that I created for myself. Um, the cue for me, I think, is like I sit in the same place every morning and it's like always around the same time or yeah. right after I wake up. Um, I think another good reward that I've heard you talk about before is actually having like a physical calendar mm -hmm. where you can X off the days that you read. And it's kind of a mental reward to say, hey, I didn't miss any days this month. Yeah. I think that's a good reward. Yeah. So we'll talk. And in fact, this is actually a nice segue um, in terms of the value of using a plan. Mm -hmm. And part of that is that reward mechanism is sort of built into it. So whether you're using like a, a piece of paper and you're literally checking the things off, mm -hmm. or if you're using an app, which a lot of people do, uh, the Bible uh, app has a lot of these plans, or they're, they're out there. Mm -hmm. But whichever one you get, whichever one you're going to use, when you can hit that little check thing, and then after like a week, and then a month, right. and then a couple months, like you see all of these like things, it's like oh. This is great. Yeah. yeah, it is. Even without like being like very tangible, like you feel really good about yeah. what you've done. So, okay. So we know that using a plan is great. And one of the reasons it's great is it lends itself to the Q routine reward structure. Right. What plan do you use? Uh, I use the Bible Projects Read Scripture app. I use that as well. Mm -hmm. It goes through the Bible in a year. Yep. Um, it integrates their great resources and videos into... Um, the days, which I think is helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I have loved that plan. I started with the one-year Bible uh, version, which you can go to your bookstore and buy or Amazon. And I think there are versions of that one. About a couple, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, I switched to the Read Scripture app. Mm -hmm. And uh, that one is a little bit different sequence yeah. than if you're just reading the Bible straight through because they follow sort of the narrative arc of the Bible, which I found very helpful. I don't know about yeah. you. Yeah, I love, they use the original Hebrew scripture ordering, yeah. which I think is really great. It integrates all like the narrative links that the authors um, embedded into the, the, the books. Yeah, and they supplement it with a lot of theme videos. So every, every book in the Bible gets its own sort of overview video. So if you're especially if you're reading some of the Old Testament prophets like Haggai or Zephaniah, ones that we don't preach on a lot of church, mm -hmm. this is like, what, what even is this book? What's it about? Very helpful for getting you context and the major characters and pulling out the themes. They also use a lot of theme videos to kind of help you start to tie threads together. So themes like, you know, heaven and earth or um, the holiness of God or what are, what are a couple others that you can think of? Um, me on the spot. Oh, okay. So I thought maybe you'd be ready to go. I do know a lot, but you put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hannah. Sorry, Hannah. Yeah. So, okay. So I can, somebody right here is going to ask him, really, Matt? Really, Hannah? You want me to read the whole Bible in a year? 
Are you, uh, really? What do you, what do you say to that person? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we want you to do this. We do want you to do that. Um, yeah, I think that there is a lot of wisdom in reading for both breadth and depth in the Bible. And so um, each time you read through the Bible, you learn something new. And, it's true. Yeah. 20 times through for me. Yeah. And even now I'm like, oh, I never saw that before. Or that verse jumps out to me in a different way than it ever has before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, so I'm going to step out here a little bit. I, I can look at the people and be like, okay, it is a lot to chew. It's, I mean, it's, it's a lot. There are a lot of books in the Bible, and many of them are uh, they're about situations that we don't learn about in high school, so it can be a lot to digest. I can give you a little grace. At the very least, New Testament in a year, and some plan where you're going through the Psalms every day. Even that, I think, would be super helpful for people. I will say that at an average reading pace, it only takes less than 75 hours to read the whole Bible, mm -hmm. which is less than 15 minutes a day. Yeah. Actually, the dirty secret of this is it's not really that hard. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we could, I mean, if we wanted to, we could lay it on here. Uh, I know my screen time numbers. Mm -hmm. I have 15 minutes in my yeah, day. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. If I've got 35 minutes for Instagram, <laughs> I could probably find 15 minutes to read mm -hmm. the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, heck, I could probably read it on my phone. Do you read yours on your phone? No. I read a hard copy. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. I know some people yeah. like their phones and... Mm -hmm. It does make it easier to do like the check off and right. But I, I like to take notes and circle things. Do you? And yeah, I do a lot of word studies. Yeah, so I circle words that are important. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't do notes. Oh. I like it to be a fresh page every time I look okay. at it. All right. That way, the new that things things jump over me. I tend to gloss over things that I've underlined or highlighted before. Right. But that's just me. I know a lot of people underline and highlight. Pastor Jeff does that. So, so maybe don't listen to Matt on this one. So. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so you're a couple times into this. I'm 20 times into this. I know my own uh, things, but you probably hit a couple snacks as you were getting into this. What were they? How did you work your way through them? The snacks for me come when my schedule changes. Okay. So around the holidays, especially like if I'm traveling or, you know, I don't have my routine in the morning. Um, if I'm not in the same place, if I'm not waking up in my apartment, I have more trouble because usually I have other plans in the day um, or I'm sleeping in, you know, or whatever. Um, but I think it's good to have grace and get back on track. It's okay if you skip days. Just keep going. Yeah. Refresh the habit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and especially if you don't miss too many days. You may hit a day where you like you got to make up like two or three days in a row. Mm -hmm. So instead of the 15 minutes, it's a half hour. But... Yeah, if you stay on, if you stay regular with it, if you make it a habit and yeah. and try not to get out of the habit, things happen, of course, mm -hmm. and you get sick or whatever. But yeah, but if you don't get too far behind, you can easily catch back up. Yeah. yeah. Um, any other snags? I think most of the snags happen right at the beginning when you're building the habit mm -hmm. um, because it requires more willpower in the beginning. And so um, there are certain things that drain your willpower that you can avoid and then it should hopefully be easier to build a habit. Mm -hmm. um, getting enough sleep will help your willpower. Yep. Um, eating well. Um, avoiding conflict. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, your willpower is highest right when you wake up. True. So yep. if you Mine can, certainly is. Yeah. Yeah. If you can do 
um, work on your habit right in the morning. That'll be helpful. And interestingly enough, I read this actually from a secular resource that said that prayer restores your willpower reserves. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know. I believe that. Yeah. I, I feel like I've experienced that, but I didn't know yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Um, okay, so you get up every day, uh, sit in the same place. You have, you wait for your coffee, or no? I drink it while I'm. Okay, that's what reading. I do too. Yeah. I am thinking though, if somebody did want to kind of have a reward at the end of it, maybe a soft rule that you don't check your phone until you've mm-hmm. finished your Bible reading. Yeah. So if you're using your phone to read your Bible, maybe that gets a little tricky. Maybe you don't check Facebook or you don't check your email until you've finished your Bible reading. Maybe that can help with the Q reward uh, type thing. Yeah. Um, but have you sort of joined anything else to your routine? Like how do you how do you integrate prayer into your Bible routine or things like that? Um, I pray like a shorter prayer in the beginning, which is kind of like um, to prepare you to approach God's word, you know, um, incline my heart to revere your word and learn something from it and to see God's character in it. And then uh, I pray a little bit longer after my reading, pray about what I read, um, you know, praise God for what you've learned about him and then prayer for how can I apply this Mm -hmm. if it's, you know, something that requires. And then I've certainly found uh, the way that the read scripture app does it and we should get a, we should get a cut. I think it's a free app, but we should still get a cut because it's really great and you should all use it. So free anyway, marketing. but they have you do uh, your sort of main text first and then a psalm. Right. And so that uh, really works well for me because oftentimes, I mean, most of the psalms are prayers or yeah. songs. And so to just read through that like slowly and pray that as you go, mm-hmm. and that sort of kind of shovels me into the next part of my prayer time. Yeah. So I find that really valuable. Yeah, I've liked well. that a lot too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I will journal my prayers. I used to be better about this. I'm trying to get back into that. Um, but I've, I found that to be helpful as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm going off the map a little bit. I, I told you I wouldn't uh, uh, surprise you too many things, but so you may need a minute to think about this. All right. um, but can you think of maybe a time where you're working your way through your plan and maybe you read something you'd never experienced before or uh, you know, maybe one of these more obscure books of the Bible, like Joel or, or something like Second Peter. I don't know. You're like, ooh, and it surprised you. It sort of delighted you, and you didn't even know it was there. Can you think of something like that? Um, I know it's definitely happened. Um, I need to think of a specific example, though. Do you have something off the top of your mind? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean for me, I was just even just, I don't remember the, the verse. Oh, actually, maybe I do, if I give myself a second. Um, you know, again, this is 20 years for me, um, and but I am still surprised at how many times a verse will pop out to me, and it's almost like I've never read it. Um, or in a passage I've read before, I would have always read like the bumper sticker verse. You know, that's pretty cool, but it's like the verse right after that would be like, oh, well, that's why that uh-huh. verse is so powerful, because this thing is staple to it. Isaiah, I think. Okay. Is, is that experience for me? Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, especially growing up in the church, you know, I've heard Isaiah 6 preached, you know, with the Isaiah in the throne room and the holy, holy, holy and the cherubim and the coal on the lips and all of that. Um, Isaiah 53, the story of the suffering service, but uh, servant, I'm sorry. Uh, but then, you know, in the 40s where they're like this, this beautiful poetry about the rains showering Mm-hmm. And, and uh, kind of drawing on that metaphor, sort of like Psalm 1 that we yeah. talked about. Yeah. Um, 
and where it talks about how salvation and righteousness springs from the earth, mm -hmm. that caught me a couple years ago. And it took me, I actually put it in a memory verse app because I was like, I don't want to hold on to this. Now, of course, on the spot, I don't remember it. But yeah, it, uh, <laughs> it, uh, that, was, that was one. Even, uh, even last week, uh, going through Second Peter, like uh, that one jumped out at me too because it really is, I, I could have told you intellectually, this is about a group of people that are being persecuted for their faith. But reading it this last time, I was like, wait a minute. He's talking about people whose lives are under threat for following Jesus. And he's talking to them about holding on to good doctrine and the way they organize themselves in worship. Like if, if, if my life was under threat, I would be thinking about like building a bomb shelter, making sure I had enough canned goods. But he's talking to them about like husbands, you know, live with your whole eyes in an understanding way. I think the context of it kind of surprised me at some of the simplicity in the text and the real power that was there. So Yeah. Uh, something that I study a lot is design patterns. Oh, yeah. So this is uh, something that the Bible Project talks about a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're not familiar, it's the idea that um, biblical authors use repeated imagery and vocabulary to kind of enrich um, other passages. So they'll, they'll repeat certain images and, and words from an old passage that's already laden with meaning and then kind of insert it into a new story. Um, and so I track a lot of those repeated words and design patterns. And once you read through the whole Bible, you kind of get an overview of all yeah. those patterns. But then once you go back through, you see um, new patterns where, you know, you take something from the later part of the Bible and apply it to the newer part, yeah. which you wouldn't see the first time reading through Yeah, because you're reading from front to yeah. back. Yeah. I remember uh, listening to their podcast one time and they were talking about the use of trees mm -hmm. in design patterns. Yeah. And like, yeah, once you know it's there, you can't not see it. There are trees on almost every page of the right. Bible right. and they very often have some sort of significance to the story. Yeah. Um, and so you can't really get the power of what's happening in a given part of the narrative unless you understand no, it matters that they're at that oak tree because yeah. that was back there in Genesis you know, 6 or whatever. Like right. that. Yeah, so right. that's great. Cool. Um, all right. So we've talked about uh, uh, one other thing. I know you might be able to speak to this. I can certainly mm -hmm. speak. I know one snag that people hit is um, or, or something that helps them overcome a snag in terms of just the building up of the habits is accountability. Just, you know, having people that you're trying to do this with. I have a group of guys. Uh, we call ourselves the Daily Grind. It's a chat group. And uh, it's nothing sophisticated, but it's just every day. Here's a random verse from my readings today. And it's just a little signal. Hey, I'm here. I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. um, and you can sort of roughly track my plan, even without me telling you what my plan is. You can be like, oh, yeah, Matt's in the New Testament now. I've been getting Jeremiah from him for like six weeks now. But here he is. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's helpful for me. I probably don't really need it at this point, mm -hmm. but... Um, but it's it's baked into the habit now. What about you? Yeah, I did that too, especially at the beginning. Um, now, you know, it kind of died off mm -hmm. in that. But since the habit is established, it's not as needed. But yeah, definitely something that helped push just knowing like, oh, they're going to ask, you know, what I read or... Yeah or how my Bible reading was this morning. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and so, and that is in the habits research that you talked about earlier. Almost mm -hmm. every productive habit that we're trying to build, the uh, adoption numbers go up if you're in some sort of accountability mm -hmm. situation. And, and we're not talking about like, you're not gonna get punished if you skip a day, but just the idea that you're doing this with somebody right. or a group of people, that, that can definitely help you. Uh, cool, all right, well, uh, I think we're getting down the home stretch here. 
Um, you know, as we're recording this, it's not yet Christmas, so people may not realize, but New Year's is right around the corner. Mm -hmm. um, probably starting to think about your New Year's resolutions. What better day to get started reading the Bible in a year than January 1st? Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll plug this. If you would like to, I, I won't speak for Hannah, but if you want to read the Bible through with me, send me a note. You can find me on Facebook or whatever. You can find me if you need me. Well, I'll put you, we'll put a chat group together or we'll use an app or something like this. We'll do it. We can do this. We can help you. We can be that Bible reading buddy for you. Um, so yes, yeah, so we'll get you, hopefully we're getting you excited about this. We'll get you in the space to, to adapt this habit. Let's do a little bit of point counterpoint. Some of the things that I've heard from people, why they don't want to read their Bible every day, mm -hmm. why they may not want to use a plan. Let's address some of these things, shall yeah, we? Sure. I'll be the uh, hypothetical uh, protester. Okay. And you start us in terms of what a response to that might be. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. First one. Um, okay, Matt, I know read my Bible every day. I'm sure it sounds good, but I don't want it to be something that feels just like rote or repetitive. I, I like those really sweet, awesome moments. If it can't be awesome every day, I don't know if I want to do it. Well, you might have trouble with the Christian faith. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it might be boring, it might be rote, um, but that is, you know, where we put faith before feeling. And yeah, you won't always love it, but as a whole is kind of where we see the, the fruit. Um, maybe not every single day, but the culmination of the days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It won't be awesome every day. Yeah. Some of the books are hard to read, especially when you hit like... Uh, like first and second chronicles and you have whole chapters of begats you know so and so gave birth to so and so mm -hmm. and yeah i mean that's not going to be like i'm ready to take on the world for jesus at that moment you might not uh, you might but you might not yeah. but again building up the habit and letting the holy spirit work uh in that to sort of rework your soil and mm -hmm. build roots i mean yeah the longitudinal value of it is amazing it's right. not going to be awesome every yeah. day but pretty soon it will be. Mm -hmm. Okay, second objection that I sometimes hear, maybe you've heard the same thing is, I don't know that I really need a plan. I like it to be a little more spontaneous. I like to just let the spirit move me. What say you, Hannah? Well, you can't stick to a plan that you don't make, oh. so. You could be a football coach with this. Yeah, oh, I like okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I actually have a statistic for that, too. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. Tell me. So there was a study done about um, Bible reading and if you follow a plan or not. Okay. So the people who followed a plan were twice as likely to finish the entire Bible than the people who didn't. Wow. Twice so, as likely? Twice as likely. You can double your odds wow. just by following a plan. I believe that, but that's still yeah. pretty striking. Yeah. Oh, that is interesting. That is interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, yeah, the whole uh, just sort of open the Bible read whatever, that is a recipe for uh, bad teaching. And I would even see, even say like heresy. Um, you're gonna proof text like nobody's business if you're just sort of randomly. The Bible was actually written in a narrative order. Uh, the way that it is arranged makes sense. Um, it's made to be read repeatedly. It's made to be read systematically, which isn't to say you always have to go back to front. Um, but there is logic and design into it. So we get out of it what's supposed to be there best when we use a plan. Yeah. God is an orderly God. He is an orderly yeah. God. Yeah. So it's good to He's in the business plan. of making order out of chaos. Yeah. So don't give me this nonsense about just letting it fall wherever. No. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, which isn't to say you can't just like pick up and like, I'm feeling Ephesians today. Okay, but in terms of like your anchor time, you want to use a planner. Right. I'm with you on that one. Okay, last one here is, well, I don't read the Bible every day, but I do have a devotion that I really love. What say you? You can use a devotion as a supplement, but it shouldn't substitute for your primary Bible reading. That's in my own notes here. Did wow. you read my notes? No, I didn't. No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> supplement, but not substitute. Right. Um, I liken it to eating food. How would you feel, Hannah, if you, I don't know, it doesn't even have to be a fancy restaurant, but you went out to dinner and they brought you out your food and they'd already eaten it for you. They'd already chewed it for you and then put it on the plate. How would you feel about that? I probably would leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting, uh, but it's also not helpful, right? Right. I'm not getting what I'm supposed to out of the experience. Why would I let somebody chew my food? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so if this is... Uh, if this is supposed to be food for my soul, which it is, um, why am I going to let somebody else chew my food? Why can't I just go in and eat for myself? And the Bible actually uses a lot of metaphors for itself, that it is food. Mm -hmm. You know, the Psalms say, taste and see that God is good. Yeah. Um, you know, Psalm 119 has a lot of these, uh, that your word is a lamp for my feet, a light to my soul. But it also talks about uh, kind of eating God's mm -hmm. word. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. So, yeah, don't let other people chew your food. Yeah. Yeah. I've also heard the metaphor that it's like if a really good friend of yours wrote you a letter and you didn't want to read it and you asked someone else, hey, can you just summarize this for me? Yeah. You know, that's a good one, too. Yeah, yeah that's a good one, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I also, and then I'm, I'm compelled to point this out, most devotionals are not good. Yeah. I They're agree. just not. <laughs> I do have one that I recommend. Um, so Tim Keller, I recommend Tim Keller's stuff a lot, mm -hmm. but he has a devotional on the Psalms that is amazing. Now, unlike other devotional, most devotionals tend to be like, I have read some passage. It's almost always in like a random order. And mm -hmm. I'm just going to tell you what I think about it. Right. Keller's is a little bit different because he sort of, uh, and it's in small chunks, but it's still like, here's kind of the cultural context. Here's the time and place this was written. Here's a relevant metaphor. So there is a little bit of exegesis there. And mm -hmm. then there's a way to pray based on that Psalm. So it's very much based on what the text actually says rather than like inspirational thinking or trying to interpret mm -hmm. it to make me feel better about myself or anything like that. So yeah. I can recommend that one. And I use it not quite every day, but I use it a lot. I keep it by my Bible. So that one's very helpful for me as a supplement, mm -hmm. but it's not a substitute. Right. I still read my Bible right. every day. What about you? I've used a couple of devotionals from She Reads Truth. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm familiar with them. Um, they do have topical studies, but I like the book studies. And really it's just... Uh, breaks up the book into different passages, like one for each day, and leaves a longer space with a few questions for you to reflect on it. So it's not even like changing, you know, giving an interpretation of what I think it says. It's you're reading it and then you're responding to it. And it's just kind of an easier way if you need more structure in your reading. Yeah. All right. One last sort of objection. Matt, Hannah, I've tried this. It's just too hard. I can't do it. What do we say to that person? Well, it's not your own strength. You know, we do have the power of God and the Holy Spirit that's helping us. And it's through the grace of God that we're able, you know, we do need to put in work. It's not just, you know, Jesus, take the wheel. But <laughs> we um, are empowered by the Holy Spirit. So you can do it. You can do it if you resolve and you're trusting in the Lord that he's going to give you that discipline. 
Yeah. So be intentional about it. Yeah. Get some help. Yeah. Get some buddies and accountability. Uh, and then wait for God to bless you. And he will bless you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Anything else that people need to know, Hannah? I think we covered it all. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So January 1st is coming up. Yeah. Genesis 1. Uh, I mean, you even know that one, right? In the beginning, God made the heaven and earth. You're, you're already ready to go for that one. It's going to be great. Well, I know, you know, because I was your small group leader for a little yeah. while. Uh-huh. I have observed the fruit in your life from starting this habit. I like to think people could observe the fruit in my life from having this habit. Um, so, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, it might be hard. It might really struggle, especially some of those, like, hard-to-understand passages. Mm-hmm. But you can do it. God will bless it, and God will use it in your life to bless others. So I really hope you'll think about uh, that you will think about kicking this off as a habit in the new year. So yeah, me off. too. Thank you, Hannah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad we did this. So, all right. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy new year. And, uh, we will talk to you very soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Fairfax Bible Church Discipleship Podcast. If this episode was helpful for you, feel free to subscribe, leave a review and share with someone else. Until next time, we pray you continue to grow as a disciple as you love Christ and live sent.